a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. You'll be sorry. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Actually, true. I am reading Facebook statuses because we are... As we record, broadcasting live on the Table Talk Radio Facebook page as well. So This is amazing. I mean, I always thought I, the best thing about Table Talk Radio was that it wasn't live. But now we're actually doing a live broadcast through Facebook as we record I know for it. the podcast. So. I know it. I know it. So we're gonna, if uh, you know, we're gonna try to do this uh, often. So we're gonna try not to pay too much attention to the Facebook while we record the show. So. Uh, so you can get the show without having to watch us, uh, you know, on the live thing. But during the breaks, we'll go and interact with the folks that are watching there and get some, uh, some stuff for the show as well. Uh, so, um, if you're, if you would like to participate in this, please jump into the Table Talk Radio Facebook page. That's where we'll do this, uh, thing in the future as well. So there you go. Sweet. Well, let's get going with Sweet. our Table Talk Radio broadcast. We're going to be doing some praise song crunch today. And then you just called an audible, didn't you? Right before yeah. we snapped the... Yeah, you want to play... Since we have video here, you can actually see me stumbling over <laughs> playing... What is this? Uh, uh, what's um, in your pastor's library? In, so we'll play that. And then we'll do some uh, preaching to Hollywood as well. Because we got the video too. So we can watch the video of these songs and react uh, to them uh, with the audio. It's going to well, be kind of so. like when you're at the park with a kid and you have a football and you say, keep going. Keep going, keep going. And I'm gonna be like, little left, no, 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 right, no, left. <laughs> I have to adjust my webcam to get the, so you could see the books there. Hey, that's pretty good right there. That actually makes me look really smart. That adjustment. Look at all those books, Luther huh, comic I books. I didn't notice anything. Hmm. All right, so my buzzword for you is orthodoxy. <laughs> orthodoxy um, comes from two words, which means uh, straight praise. And this is kind of an interesting thing when we talk about orthodox. I mean, normally when we when we define orthodox, we're talking about that that teaching would be correct or right or true. And if you think about the word orthodoxy, then that our praise would be right. And so it it speaks to the fact that all everything that we say about God is is um, saying the what He has first said to us, and this should encompass our praise. When we praise God, um, then we are. Uh, then we are speaking his word back to him. I was talking about this last night at our, our church's uh, book club, or reading the book uh, by your friend, Dr. Kleinig, uh, Grace Upon Grace. And he starts out in the book um, talking about receptive spirituality in terms of Luther's Oratio Meditatio Tentatio. 
And the great kind of surprise that Luther brings us with the Oratio Meditatio Tentatio is that prayer uh, has uh, the voice of Scripture. So you would expect it to be, you know, reading the Bible, then meditation. But he starts with prayer. But what's the content of prayer? It is the Scriptures. And so this is true with orthodoxy, too. It means that when we're praising God, we're doing so uh, straightly <laughs> with, uh, with the word that he has given us. I like it. There's that old saying, the lex orindi, lex credendi. So what we pray and what we believe, the, the rule of faith and the rule of prayer, these are the same. And, and I th- there's something to that, um, th- th- that our praying and our believing, our praising and our confessing are bound up together. And the word orthodoxy is really, is really helpful for that. We, don't, we talk about orthopraxy, right practice. We talk about, what, orthotheology? Do we even say that word? We probably should, right, right doctrine. But orthodoxy is the combination of the two, so... Nice. I'm my gl- buzzword for you is... I'm glad you approve of my buzzword. <laughs> That's right. Today's buzzword. My name is Brian Wolfmuller, and I approve this buzzword. <laughs> my buzzword for you, see if you approve. You, you used to approve of this until last summer. Monasticism. <laughs> Monasticism is the... You know, we have in the Middle Evil Church, especially, uh, that the there was... Um, we, we talk about the order of the world, you know, and so you have the three orders. You have this, the family, the church, and the state, or the church, family, state. And those, that's, it's really ancient, but Luther highlighted it. It's coming out of the Middle Ages where the three orders were those who pray, those who work, those who fight. And in the Middle Ages, there was this distinction between those who pray and those who work. You had to, to be part of the, the holy orders, you had to remove yourself from society and go into the monastery or the nunnery and take your vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience. Now, Luther comes along. He was a monk, remember, an Augustinian monk. But he, he says, look, this is not the right ordering of the world. This is a made-up ordering of the world. And where he really gets after it is with the fourth commandment. And he says that, that God's true ordering of the basics of human society is the family itself. And so as we live in the family, we live in God's order, and every home becomes a chapel and so forth. Um, so they fought against monasticism. Now, why this matters for us today is there is a kind of neo-monasticism in evangelicalism, and that is this idea that to be holy, you have to be removed or pulled out of the world, and it's simply not true. The Lord sends us into our vocation to love and serve our neighbor, and so we can rejoice in the holiness of God in our vocation. So now that's interesting. You bring that up because um, in Kleinig's book, Grace Upon Grace, uh, he he brings up this distinction so that that there were kind of two two uh, what places in life you could be, and he compares it to Mary and Martha. You know, you could you could either be let's see, Martha's the one that works, right? Mar, Mar, you could yeah. be Martha who uh, who's who's busy doing things and serving, or you can be Mary. Who sits at the feet of Jesus, which is the which is the monastic life, right? So those are the um, those are the two, the two ways you could be. And then, so where I think Kleining is going and talking about this setup in, in Luther's day is that okay, now he's going to talk about vocation, but he doesn't. Um, he talks about oratio meditatio tentatio. So so the way that and I don't know if if Luther applies um, the the rules of scripture to that situation particularly, but Kleining at least does. That what's the answer to this? idea that you can either be a family member or you can be a monk, but the two are exclusive. Um, Kleinig ties it together with oratio meditatio tentatio. Yeah, that's fantastic. You remember when we were in Madagascar, Pless was talking about those three things, and he contrasted that also with the Middle Ages. So in the Middle Ages, you had oratio, meditatio, and contemplatio, 
contemplation, the divine sort of thing. And Luther takes the contemplatio and replaces it with tentatio. Right. So, uh, so the idea was yeah. that you would use the text as kind of a springboard to uh, an abstraction was, was the idea of a contemplation, I think. But, and we understand that, no, the text sends us to serve our neighbor, and in that serving of our neighbor, we suffer. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so we do something called the Praise Song Cruncher here on Table Talk Radio, and we have about uh, three minutes left in this segment. Maybe we could talk a little Ooh. bit about the Praise Song Cruncher before we dive in. Yeah, the Praise Song Cruncher came about years ago when someone sent me a list of all the approved praise songs uh, in our church body, and they said, hey, what you think about this thing? And I started... And I, and I said, oh, surely they're going to be full of false doctrine. But I started looking at them, and I realized, wait a minute, there's no false doctrine here at all because there's no doctrine here at all. And so how can there be false doctrine? It's like saying there's no false doctrine in a fire hydrant. I mean, it's because there's no doctrine in a fire hydrant. So, uh, so we had to come up with a new tool to um, evaluate the, uh, the praise song. And so we came up with the praise song cruncher. Hey, look at You're putting it on the screen. That's amazing. <laughs> we came up with five. Wow. This is really sophisticated. Five questions um, for the uh, for the praise song cruncher, and uh, and they are. Um, here, I gotta expand your thing. So <laughs> uh, number one is Jesus mentioned. Number two, does it have mystical form? Number three, does it have mystical content? Number four, is there law and gospel, and is it rightly divided? And number five, is there any explicit false doctrine uh, not already addressed? So that's our little. Uh, evaluation of a praise song thing. So we take those five questions and apply them to various different praise songs. Now, uh, what's, could you say a little bit about this mystical form and mystical content? What are the, what are the indicators uh, of those two errors? Yes, well, um, the mystical form, we have two categories there. Um, it, the first one has to do with, does it make assertions? Does it use sentences, or is it simply speaking to us by various images? And then the second uh, mark of mystical form is what we're talking about is the is repetition. Does it? You know, sometimes we, we used to call the praise song seven eleven. You know, you sing the same seven words eleven times, and that repetition is um, a hypnotic mantra. In fact, in the praise song cruncher one point one. It says, does the song use hypnotic mantras to work you into a state of ecstasy? But we had to take that down because it offended our hypnotist, hypnotist <laughs> listener. Remember that? Oh, yes. Oh, oh do man. I? <laughs> so we had to change it so as to not offend hypnotists. Then, um, uh, then the mystical content has to do with this idea of mysticism. You know, mysticism wants us to have an immediate experience of God, that we're drawn into the presence of God, um, uh, that, we have a, that, we, that God is touching us on the inside in an unmediated way. And uh, and we so that so that the mystic language of stuff like immediacy of romance of losing yourself all this subjective and internal stuff that's one of the marks of the mystical content and we've got to be on a lookout for that and we'll do so in the next segment when we listen to all because of Jesus by casting crowns and Father of Lights by Jesus Culture you're listening to Table Talk Radio and we'll be right back. Table Talk Radio. 
It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not a warm <laughs> when she's away. Ever. I got to send this out on the Wednesday whatnot. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. You still do that? And she's oh, yeah, man. Always gone to I don't know because I have an auto filter. Okay. <laughs> I, I have an auto filter for Wednesday whatnots. And what's the other thing I get from you every week? The, around the word devotions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those uh, auto filter to print is what that is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are doing the Praise Song Cruncher, as Pastor Wolf there so uh, wonderfully uh, explained before the break. But now we're going to go ahead and listen to a song. This song is uh, All Because of Jesus by Casting Crowns. All because of Jesus. What do you think so far? Well, the words haven't been too bad yet. So that's the song by Casting Crowns. Yeah. Uh, got the lyrics up here. It turned out, uh, by the way, I switched to the full screen mode and it turned off the audio. Sorry about that. But the comment was, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anytime. anytime. So, yeah, that's right. So we, we are filtering out the, the thing here. <laughs> We've done Casting Crowns before. I, sometimes we like these guys, don't we? Uh, um, yeah, they have some good songs. Um, they also have some bad songs, so we have to kind of do our work here. Yeah, that's right. So th- in some ways, this is kind of a classic praise song because remember when we talked to Chris Tomlin years ago and he said, what's the, the role of the praise song? You just are praising. You're finding the things that are really awesome about God and you're singing them. Now, the result of that is you're most often singing about God's strength and his power and first article kind of stuff. And we see a lot of that, in fact, here in this in this song. Um, giver of every breath I breathe, author of all eternity, giver of every perfect thing, 
to you be the glory. Uh, so it's talking to God, and it's kind of extolling his great attributes. You see that? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, you're doing the lyrics. you got to really shrink them down, though. You mean, oh, are they too big? Uh, yeah, they're too big. Oh, I was, well, make, that's all right. I was making them super big because I figured it would be hard to see. Uh, that's good right there. That's okay. good. Uh, so um, so let's see. What, we want to just roll through the cruncher questions and see how we do here? Yep. So the first question is, is Jesus mentioned? Jesus is mentioned. I found the mention of Jesus, and it says here, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me and raised this dead man's life. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. See that? Yep, so that Jesus is, is mentioned. Mention of Jesus. And his blood is also mentioned, which is good. The more blood we can have in a hymn or song, the better. It's because of the Jesus that, blood of Jesus that covers me. Now, that is also important. But we've got to see if that the idea or the picture of being covered by the blood of Jesus is explained anywhere in here. You see what I mean? Mm, yes. So, so... Uh, the the first question is, is Jesus mentioned is just to kind of see if we're on the playing field, right? I mean, it's it, 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 because Jesus could be mentioned, and Jesus could be mentioned as the the Doctor Phil of your life or something like that, and it's still not going to be a good praise. So at least this tells us: Are we in the neighborhood? <laughs> the Doctor Phil of your life. Yeah, that's right. It's it it it's, means that you can't be. Uh, you're not going to be singing to him. To Allah, look on the. I went to the hospital this morning, and I took a picture of this uh, Down. car. It's a. Down. It's a customized. You're not even. Cl- I'm looking at your palm. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, that's because I'm broadcasting on a different camera than I'm sending to you. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a customized uh, uh, driver's license that says Allah on it. Can you imagine that? Hmm. Kind of Muslim drives it. Ford F one fifty that has a vanity plate. And what if he converts? He has to go to the DMV. Yeah, change it to Jesus. <laughs> so the Jesus to ask the question is Jesus uh, mentioned means that it's a can it can at least be a Christian hymn. It's hard to be a Christian hymn without any mention of Jesus. Okay, fair enough. So let's go to the mystical form. Does the song use sentences with subject verb and object or sentence fragments? Um, it's it's pretty fragmenty. Uh, I am alive because I'm alive in you. Now, I think that counts as a sentence, sort of. But it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if it's really, it ever says anything. Um, uh, maker of heaven and earth, that's just a kind of, this is how it starts. Giver of every breath I breathe. That, these are just descriptions. Uh, kind of listing out God according to his attributes. Um, so those are in, those are sentence fragments, and then it'll break into a sentence. Maker of heaven and earth, that's a sentence. No one can comprehend your word, that's a sentence. King over all the universe, that's not a sentence. To you be the glory, that's a sentence. Uh, so it kind of goes back and, back and forth. Now, what's really interesting is this hymn, like here at the end, I'm looking at the end. Every sunrise sings your praise. That's a, that's a uh, what, what do we call those? Sentence. The universe cries out your praise. I'm singing freedom all my days now that I'm alive. That's Those are sentences. But do you see what's, what's happening in this song? Is It's moving back and forth between this kind of praise of God according to the first article of the creed hmm. and then talking about Jesus and his blood, second article. 
but it but it's in some strange way it's kind of mashing them up together it, it's not really clear exactly that the that the distinction between the glory of god in the cross of jesus and the glory of god in creation um isn't isn't the same so i think that's where the confusion is in this so are you saying that so so that in in this praise song he's praising god because of his attributes but he's citing his reason for life in the blood of jesus but but there's not this connection that i'm i'm praising god because of the life that he's given me yeah yeah there, i mean there's just kind of this you you have the 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 stanzas and then the chorus and they they're kind of uh god is god made everything and it's really awesome and jesus blood is why i'm alive they're mm-hmm. they're um it's like a frankenstein in a way they're kind of disconnected so there's some so anyway to the question at hand there is some mystical content although i wouldn't say it's super high i mean form super high in mystical form i'd maybe put it at a uh four or five all right well then let's look at mystical content yeah um i think that the, the, this thing that we're talking about this phenomenon between talking about god's power and then and then immediately switching to god's grace um without the mention of sin or even in in fact the death of jesus is going to be one of the was going to be one of the marks of um of mysticism i i it's going to take a little while to get there but let me try this out on you that when we talk about creation we're talking about god's power god upholds the um the universe by by his word of power uh mysticism takes that same word of power rather than the word of authority and meekness and applies it to salvation so that so and this is one way that it un it misses the means of grace because the means of grace is always a humble word it's always a it's always a, a bit a word of meekness and weakness in fact even though it's a word of authority so the word of forgiveness the the uh, god's gift of baptism and the lord's supper are always clothed these are these are clothed in humility as is everything that comes from the incarnation uh but but that's that's missed when you pair up do you see when you pair up god's first article gifts of power with with salvation mm. so would this have uh uh, unintended consequence of making the spilled blood of Jesus a thing of power. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly in, right. And in, that, that in this sense, that I mean, when you have a a lamb that's sacrificed, it's laying there dead, and that's that's where we have our salvation in Jesus, in the dead body of Jesus. Um, now we do have that he conquers he conquers death in the resurrection, and certainly don't want to deny that. But it's it's in lowliness that we have atonement. We have about fifteen seconds, Pastor. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So it's in the humble works of God that we have salvation, not in his in his works of power. We he, he teaches us to fear him, but it's in the work of the cross that he teaches us to love and trust in him. And this song doesn't it misses that distinction. I mean, that might be a little bit subtle, but still, it's not not. Ooh, I like this song, <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take we'll take a break and we'll see if we can get Pastor Wolfmutter back on track. He's this is like his favorite song in the world. It I don't is. know I why. I'm not even sure. Anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening. This is a great song. To Table Talk Radio.
part-time hosts, full-time nonsense. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are not smooth like Jagger. We are hey, doing a praise song crunch. <laughs> no, I'm speaking for the both of us. Uh, we're doing a praise song crunch of the song by Casting Crowns, uh, all because of Jesus. And so far, Pastor Wolfner, you've talked to the, about this little concern about talking about the glory and power of God, which is um, a true thing. But yet, I don't know. You think it's too subtle? I don't know. That might be asking too much. Well, we, we should we should at least say this that when we talk about um, when we talk about our salvation, that it has to be found in the lowliness and humility of Jesus, not in the raw strength, power, and glory of God. I mean, that we're on firm ground to say that. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. Right. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was checking Facebook statuses. <laughs> I've got an excuse surprise. now. I'm supposed to be on Facebook. Surprise, surprise. I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the next question for us to consider is the question of law and gospel. So the blood of Jesus, we would assume, would be gospel, right? I mean, the reason why Jesus is shedding his blood is because we need his blood blood to cover our sins and it even talks about this covering it covers me and it raises this dead man's life and so 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 we are our our, we are presented in this hymn as dead and naked apparently i mean that's what the covering is so we're dead and naked and we need to be covered and raised which is pretty good and so the result of this being covered and raised is that we're alive. Uh, all because of Jesus. I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. But then watch what happens in the... in the. Can you put the lyrics back up there, Evan, who see this? Is it right after the I'm alive, I'm alive? It says, giver of every breath I breathe, author of eternity. So that... So that it switches immediately from our new life in Christ, which is the, which is the life that we have in baptism, being raised from the dead, and so forth. It switches immediately from that into God giving us uh, breath because of his act of creation hmm. and, be, and, and his power. Do you, hmm. see, do you see that? So that, again, it's switching back and forth between these two things and really kind of abruptly. It's, 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 it's going to give you uh, a kind of a theological whiplash moving so quickly between the first article and the second article. Right. So, so maybe to, to say it just another way, that to, to praise God's uh, great... Um, creative power is not to praise him for my salvation because just because God has created us is uh, does not mean that we're saved because following that creation was our own sin. So if we only praise God for his glory in creation, then we're not sure if we have the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's exactly right. Now, again, I'm worried that we're a little too subtle on this because you you could very beautifully say that the same the same breath that that which God used to breathe into Adam and bring new life now breathes through the preaching of the word and raises us to life and you can you can you can say that kind of stuff which is which is beautiful and and, and wonderful in some ways but it's just uh 
I, I don't. I'm not sure that that's what's going on. I think that this this is just sloppy, uh, really, a, a sloppy theology, and it's so it's leaning towards mysticism in its in its sloppiness. I mean, it's not as bad as it's altogether. It's not horrible. I mean, it has kind of these images of redemption. It's just kind of piled on there. In a, it's like it's like going to a. Do you remember when like Furs Cafeteria? And they took a turn for the worse, and it was an all-you-can-eat sort of thing. But you weren't you ever you weren't quite sure exactly what you were going to get when you went. Um, th- it seems like that's how this song is. You can't you uh, you're not exactly sure what's going to happen uh, as you uh, as you go from one line to the next. Okay, um, and then is there any other explicit false teaching that we haven't already addressed? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Maybe this last time, the last thing it says: every sunrise sings your praise. You see that? Mm-hmm. That would be could be a reflection of Psalm nineteen, uh, where the, even the universe proclaims the glory. And so, as a Christian, we understand it's true. We understand that um, the creation sings out the glory of God. We we rejoice in that, really. Um, but. Uh, it's not. I, I would like that to be a little bit more explicit. Okay, so lack of clarity, perhaps. Okay, yep. well, yep. Uh, yep. I'm excited because we're going to be playing a little game called "What's in Your Pastor's Library," and this is okay, where I get see, a drink. How long is your your headphones cord there? You might need to lay uh, down the headphones. No, no, they're long. Look. Oh, look at that. Okay. We'll All right. Try. We'll see what we do. So I get a direct Pastor Wolfman in a study there. Look, you can, you'll be able to see what I'm. Oh, you can't. I'm putting my other camera here. Let me try this. So you'll be. Is Ooh. that better? You'll be able to see actually where I'm going there. I, I, yeah, I could even direct you to the volume of Luther I wanted you to read. <laughs> That's right. All right. Eyes are closed. I'm going for it. All right. Stand up. Uh, I want you to take a step to the left. And then um, about uh, about I'll go go up a shelf there. Yeah, right, right in there. Yeah, grab something right in there where your left hand is. Right, right in there. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Oh look at that! I have no idea. <laughs> what do we got here? What are we gonna discuss? <laughs> I don't have any idea what this book is. Fulton J. Sheen, lift up your heart. Look, this guy is a Catholic guy for sure in (laughs) lift up your heart bishop sheen discusses and analyzes the inner life of modern man he rips aside all false pretense and meticulously diagnoses the ills and man that have prevented him from achieving his destiny a destiny that is quote beyond the merely human it is supernatural huh now i this this i've got a whole pile of of catholic books that i that i steal from the catholic hospital waiting room uh <laughs> whenever i go over there Should and you... that's and that's where you got, that's where you got me confessions uh, of a lutheran pastor <laughs> it's true man i mean this is all of us should do this whenever we go to the jehovah's witness hospital or, or whatever we should take all their literature <laughs> and clear that stuff out there you know i i you, you uh... shall, not misuse the name of the lord trumps you shall not <laughs> I I went to uh, kind of a rinky-dink hotel one time, and there was the uh, like Hindu text, whatever that is. Yeah, I, man. I, I got that you on can't my shelf. Leave now. that there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but this, here, look at this. Uh, oh, this avarice, uh, envy. I wonder if this talks about the seven pallbearers of character. So this is like the seven deadly sins, which I, so here's uh, lust and gluttony. I want to see what they say about and anger. The uh, asadia, this is this thing that I'm, sloth here. Sloth is a malady of the will which causes neglect of one's duty. In the physical realm, it appears as laziness, softness, idleness, procrastination, nonchalance, and indifference. As a spiritual disease, this is a, it takes the form of a distaste of the spiritual, lukewarmness at prayers, and contempt of self-discipline. Sloth is the sin of those who only look at picture magazines, but never at print. (laughs) (laughs) Who read only novels, but never a philosophy of life. Hmm. Sloth disguises itself as tolerance and broad-mindedness. It has not enough intellectual energy to discover truth and follow it. That's pretty good right there. That is. Sloth loves nothing, hates nothing, hopes nothing, fears nothing, keeps alive because it sees nothing to die for. You you wow. you've robbed the people in that Catholic uh, waiting room of reading such interesting topics on sloth. It's only it's only it's only acceptable to read this kind of stuff if you know the gospel first. So <laughs> that's true. That's that's true. This is really nice. Actually. Um, All right, you want to do this again? I want to I want to um, talk about sloth in relation to the fourth commandment because what keeps us from laziness is the authority that's telling us to do something. So if I'm a if I'm a, a, a sixth-grade kid and wants to just play video games all day, what keeps me from doing that is my parents who say, get out there and mow the grass or whatever you're supposed to do. And if I am um, uh, a meth dealer, <laughs> hopefully the thing that keeps me from getting caught and arrested is the police, the fear of, fear of going to jail. And yes. so when you have then... Uh, a disregard for the fourth commandment, a disregard for the authority, it can produce then this kind of laziness that I'm just going to play video games or I'm not going to contribute to society because I have no fear of the authority. What do you think of that? Yeah. Look at this. It says uh, here, uh, the lazy man is a parasite. He demands others cater to him and earn his bread for him. He's asking special privileges and wishing to eat bread, which he has not earned. Uh, the more it increases in our midst, the more burden it throws upon the state. I, I kind of like this guy. Who's this guy? I wish I was, you know, this is my constant frustration is that it's the Catholics that are talking about this stuff and not the Lutherans. We got it all in the Ten Commandments. But <sighs> Well, uh, we just have about 30 seconds left. So anything more? Yeah, just one more book. Oh, yeah, okay, let's do quick, one more. Quick, stand up. Go, go. Got it. Got it. All right. Um, this time, uh, I want you to go about uh, belt high. Uh, and, yeah, pull one from right in there somewhere. This is going to be good. We're, gonna, we're not going to go from Pastor Wolfmuller's theft section. <laughs> Look at this. Werner Ehlert, The Structure of Lutheranism. Oh, sweet. I'll tell you what. Let's... I even got something marked here. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, we tell you what. Why don't we go to the break, and then okay. after ba- after we get back, we'll read a little bit of this. And then we're going to play Preaching to Hollywood. That's the game where we listen to a pop song and try to figure out what it's saying, first of all, which is usually the more difficult part. But then we say, how would we bring God's word or the gospel into that situation, into that songwriter's life? You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and you can call in toll-free 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652 is the number, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. 
Table Talk Radio. Good thing we're not lying. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. And we're back to Table Talk Radio. We just finished the game. What's in your pastor's library? But first we have to hear what Pastor Wolfner reads about in his library. Alert, structure of Lutheranism, fear. This is pretty good. The concepts of fear of the law and of the wrath of God forbid the assumption that the primal experience was nothing but an individual occurrence in Luther's life. Now that is an important sentence. I'll explain why. One should rather say that no one who takes the facts of the thou shalt and the inability to obey of guilt and destiny seriously in the same way can escape Luther's realization you have not fulfilled nor are you able to do so. Nevertheless, you should. He who recognizes the voice of God in the thou shalt, his verdict in guilt, his work in destiny, stands, as Luther does, necessarily before the hidden God in whose presence one can be filled with nothing but dread. Woo-wee. Now, <clears throat> it's important because, I don't know, a couple of years ago, this guy, Christian Stendhal, remember Christian Stendhal, and he wrote this little essay called Paul and the Introspective Conscience of the West, and it was bad. It kind of, it kind of rebooted the Catholic reading of, Genesis, of, of Galatians, and it started what we call the... Um, the new perspective on Paul, which is really nothing than the old Catholic perspective on Paul, it became popular and everyone goes crazy. And, he, and his argument was that Luther had a distinct experience of the uh, wrath of God from uh, because of his own kind of introspective conscience. And that is not the same experience as everybody. Now, here, Ehlert is arguing the opposite, that in fact, when we have only the law, our only option is to fear God, is to is to be in dread of God apart from the gospel. And we we turn to the scriptures and see that that's true. Interestingly enough, the dread of God is not taught to us like in Galatians or Romans or anything like this, but rather it's taught to us in the Psalms, most especially, hmm. that talk about mm, the very the great danger of being a sinner uh, standing before God, the God who vindicates, right? Right. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to dive into a little preaching to Hollywood? Yeah, preaching to Hollywood. What does this work? We listen to a song. In fact, we'll watch a song, I suppose. Hopefully you guys picked one that doesn't get us in trouble with the FCC. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> and then we'll talk about what it is and then talk about how here's a person who uh, would be thinking in terms of this song and how ought we to bring the law and the gospel to them. That's the idea. So, All right. So this is Taylor Swift, The New Romantics. The fans are the best part of this tour. They're I'm the reason at the, the shows are incredible. Audio track. And I know those really? fans are just all in. Really? We're all we bored. That's better. We're all so tired of everything we wait for. Trains that just aren't coming. We show off our different scarlet letters. Trust me, mine is better.
Boy, Taylor Swift has sure changed a lot. <laughs> she used to, uh, you know, do the guitar and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this There's a lot actually in this song, though. There's right. a, a ton. I need to I got try the, and grab the... Oh, go ahead, please. I got the lyrics here. We're all bored. We're so tired of everything. That is the sin that we have identified already as Asadia. Remember that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. We wait for trains that aren't coming. We show off our different scarlet letters. Do you see what that is? Mm. I mean, so you remember in the old days that if you were, say, an adulteress or whatever, uh, you would get a big A scarlet letter, and that would be to your great shame. Oh, yeah. But here, Taylor Swift is saying, hey, we show off yeah. our scarlet. We show off our sins. I'm an A. What are you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. L, G, B, Q, T, whatever. We, but you just see, that's what it's saying here, and and mine is better. I I I, I become uh, more honorable by by demonstrating my shame. Hmm. We're so young, but we're on the road to ruin. We play dumb. We know exactly what we're doing. We try. We cry tears of mascara in the bathroom. Honey, life is just a a classroom. Cause baby, I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. I don't know. Every day is like a battle. Every well, night is like a dream. So are See the that? are the bricks that people are throwing at her would be like condemnations or judgments. So ah, I'm just going to take those and build a big castle out of them all because I, I am resilient to such uh, preachings of judgment. You take lemon and the lemons and you make lemonade. <laughs> yeah. This has to do with tentatio, which I thought was your buzzword, but that's not your buzzword, actually. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. You better start working on your points joke now. Baby, we're the new romantics. I know. Let's see. Orthodoxy, monasticism. Easy. That's easy. We're the new romantics. Now, romanticism is a real thing. I wish I knew the definition of romanticism. Started in 1750. It is the move from objective to subjective art, especially. It mm. kind of taps into em- emotionalism. And it concur- it, it romanticism... Uh, comes along with the revival of epicureanism so this this kind of inner life of lack of pain and things like this but here it says we're the new romantics heartbreak is the national anthem we sing it proudly we're too busy dancing so get knocked up to get knocked off our feet we're the new romantics the best people in life are free that is a really that's actually kind of a nice line artistically speaking because you know the 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 cliche is the best things in life are free, means they don't cost anything. But here it's the best people in life are the people who live a life of freedom. Um, but is this is this saying that um, would would the would the ones in summary of this song be um, we should live the way that we want despite any kind of cultural oppression that would tell us otherwise? Well, I'm not so I can't tell. If the song is saying we should live that way or simply we do live that way. Hmm. Uh, oh, in other words, I, 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 I can't tell if Taylor Swift uh, is is condemning or extolling this thing. It seems to me like it's almost simply it's just observing. We're bored. Should we be bored? Well, I don't know, but we are. We're on the road to ruin. We play dumb. We know what we're doing. Should we play dumb? Uh, well, we do play dumb. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so we're the new romantics. Should we be romantic? 
or should we have a sense of responsibility in life and so forth? I don't know. It's just observing the fact of it's it's that's what it strikes me as, as kind of an observation of how but, things are. But this line, which which you like, and I do too, the best people in life are free, seems out of place in lo- in the end of this little chorus. So. Baby, yeah. where the new romantics come on, come along with me. Heartbreak is a national anthem. We sing it proudly. We are too busy dancing to get knocked off our feet. Baby, where the new romantics, the best people in life are free. So, so to go along with your um, thesis here, that these uh, that these lyrics are citing the 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 downfalls of our society, observing the realities. But then it comes along and says, "But the best people in life are free." I I, I don't get it. It is, I don't get it either. It does seem like it's making a judgment that this is all bad when it says heartbreak is a national anthem. I mean, how can that be extolling heartbreak? And yet uh, it switches at the end and it That's says true. to yeah. be free is um, it's good. <laughs> so huh. here we are again at Preaching to Hollywood. All right. Well, looked at words <laughs> now trying to figure out in, in the, what they in mean. In the last minute of the program trying to figure out. Uh, what we'd say to the situation. I mean, so so the way you take these lyrics is going to completely change. So let's let's for just real quickly take from the perspective that she's extolling the downfalls that we're uh, we're all kind of sporting our letters, so to speak. Um, we we would we would want to bring a a, a word of of judgment and a word of of uh, of repentance to this that that we we can get away with this stuff. Here on earth, or so we think we can, um, but we do face judgment before a holy and righteous God. Um, but if it's the other way, um, Pastor, how would you how would you maybe speak to Taylor Swift on the airplane? As, as an analogy, I mean, probably will you know you know when you when you're sitting in coach often. with Taylor Swift. That's right. Uh, that is probably a pretty astute observation. I mean, we are romantics, we are Epicureans, we are hedonists. And it is a way that leads to death, not to life. And uh, the, the scarlet letters are marks because they um, they are, are indications of paths that lead to death, not life. And the Lord wants us to to live. Um, and th- th- that that is His work is to give life and joy and peace. And so it could be true. That um, that our society is just kind of plummeting into this romanticism that we're too busy dancing to be, to, you know, to realize what's going wrong. Uh, but still, we can dance our way all the way to the grave and all the way to hell. So we want to have life. All end, right, and that comes only from Jesus. And that's Thanks all the for t- listening oh, to this sorry. edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio that is was not for everyone. I was consult your pastor really before listening your to points, Table Talk Radio. Well, I'll tell you, the points are like all the orthodoxy you were taught in the in the monasteries. lung cancer, brain tumors, See that? would have been a good one too. Hilarious. More information visit tabletalkradio.org.